0: BLOB TALK RADIO relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah Good Morning America and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine the creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save-A-Seminars. She's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. For another Good Love Show, I'm your good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, and I'm thrilled to be with you because we have a hot, hot, I repeat, hot show tonight. We're going to be talking, as we always do, about love, but now we're going to talk about love in a different way. We're going to talk about love in a multicultural multi-ethnic, rainbow-colored, maybe same-gendered love way, and we're going to really, really look at How You Follow the Beat of Your Own Drum, Sing Out the Music of Good Love in Your Own Life, and of course I had to say that about singing, because we're going to be joined tonight by Karina Iglesias. She's a YouTube sensation. Every one of you have probably heard about her, seen her somewhere, or heard her new song, Only Love Can Save Us, somewhere. She's a popular contestant from the hit show, The Voice. And we're going to expand on this conversation with Karina, with Seema Lieberman, who is a diversity consultant who's going to share with us the secrets to living your life and your love with integrity. And authentic love is the best kind of good love. Now, this week and every week, I want you to understand this basic truth. Now, my definition of truth is that which unites, frees, and uplifts all people. If it unites, frees, and uplifts all people, then it's the truth. And the truth of good love is you deserve it. You deserve good love. You're worth good love. You are absolutely lovable and it's coming from that awareness in yourself that you begin to build good love in your life and that good love allows you to be with yourself. To be with others, be with your beloved in a way that truly, truly makes you feel fully alive, fully connected to life. And we're always, always going to remind you right here why good love is essential to your greatness. Mmm, think about it. Why is good love essential to your greatness? And of course, I want you to build your insight. How do you identify your very own negative love patterns that might be blocking you from good love? Mm, reflect on that for a minute. What are my love patterns? And of course, we're going to break those chains of what happened, so you're free to experience what now. All right, everyone, take a breath. Here we go with tonight's very hot topic. It's no secret that we're living in an increasingly multicultural society. Most of us are way ahead of the curve because we've been exposed to a lot of cultural differences. People call that diversity. I like to call it multiculturalism. Some of us, however, might be a little more hesitant about embracing all this multicultural society, all these people who might look and sound and be a little bit different from yourself. Well, it's time. Get ready today. We're going to break down those old barriers, barriers that may have separated us from that aliveness that comes when you feel free to love yourself and to love others, and that means everybody. Yeah, we're going to get some deeper self-acceptance and some deeper good love in your life. All right, we have our big weekly question. You get to answer this question. You can hit us back on Facebook at Dr. Brenda Wade or hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Dr. Brenda Wade. We want to hear from you, and if you're listening, all you have to do to join the conversation is press 1 on your handset, on your phone, and boom, Cliff, who is our host, will call on you. All right, here's our hot question, everybody. We want you to answer this. The marriage equality and gay rights issues are some of the hottest issues in our country right now. And for a lot of people, they're a hot button. But these are heart issues. And a lot of people are shifting from hatred and resistance and lack of acceptance to acceptance. Now, let me give you a little factoid. Since the year 2004, one in seven American adults has said in a very recent survey that they've changed their minds about same-sex marriage. Nearly all had gone from opposing legal marriage for same-sex couples to supporting it. You're going to hear tonight some of the reasons why. Many of them have a friend or family member who's gay, and that was the most common reason for switching positions. Yeah, it's different when that shoe's on your own foot. Okay, you can reach us at Dr. Brenda Wade on Facebook and on Twitter, so you join the online discussion. You can join us live. And now let me tell you a little bit about our special guest, Karina Iglesias. Karina was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and she absolutely has a sound that is as rich and multicultural as the influences that shaped her life as an artist. She's got a style that's got a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of blues mixed in some gospel, some hip-hop. Karina delivers knockout performances. If you haven't seen her on YouTube, it's about time you did, and I want you to know that in 2013, Karina was a contestant on NBC's number one hit TV show, The Voice. She made it to the top 16 on the live shows, and she was originally... Here we go. Behind the scenes, everybody of The Voice, she was originally on Adam Levine's team and was later stolen by Shakira. All right. She's a multifaceted artist with a vision, a rich multicultural background, and she brings a lot of innovation and authenticity to her life and to her music. All right. Welcome, Karina Iglesias. How are you?
1: Hi, Dr. Wade. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Now, you've got quite a life story, my dear. First, let me congratulate you on your success. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, um, I am 37 years old, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, I've been a professional singer for the past 12 years. Mm. And I recently had the biggest success of my career thus far by getting selected as a cast member on The Voice. It was quite a magical ride. I met a lot of interesting people. It was great to finally receive that validation from superstars like Adam Levine and Shakira. To hear um, compliments out of the mouths of those superstars uh, to my work was just, a big validation that, you know, hard work does pay off, and, and, and I'm just... Involved.
0: Hard work some talent, Karina, you've got some talent, and hard work and talent together is a wonderful mix, wonderful mix. Now, Indeed. I heard there was some <clears throat> going on backstage, my dear. Tell us a little bit about what happened back there. And wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go to talking about seats. People are chopping at the bit to ask you questions about that. Tell us a little more about your family. You grew up in Miami. What was it like growing
2: up there?
1: Um, you know, it's very hot down here, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I was blessed to be raised in a city that really, really embodies the multicultural aspect of our nation right now. And so I, I'm, I'm very blessed to be, to so have been raised in a city where there's more, a lot of open-minded people and where I can be myself as an openly gay woman, you know, the, the, it's, it's easy to hold my wife's hand walking down the street here than it would be, say, somewhere in middle America. And um, I'm just blessed. Unfortunately, gay marriage is not legal in the state of Florida yet. Oh, don't we know. Yeah, but we're, we're you know, we're making strides. The LGBT community, marriage equality is a big issue now. It's a big Absolutely. Topic. We
0: know that. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But first, tell us just a little bit more about you because we're going to hear some of your music. We're going to talk more about our hot topic tonight about same-gender marriage, but one of the things I know is people have called your story a rags-to-riches journey. Would you say that's true?
1: Well, it's rags-to-riches in a, in a spiritual sense and the fact that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a millionaire, but uh, rags-to-riches and the fact that you cannot put a price tag on the exposure that I got off of being on the shelf. Um, you can never, you're you're never, be, you, you can never pay for 15 million people seeing you on a weekly basis. Absolutely
0: not, absolutely and not. When you were growing up, was singing part of your life?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact, um, I grew up uh, mostly. My grandmother raised me, and uh, she was part of my story on the show because I used to go to church with her almost every day, and. Hmm. Um, My grandmother used to sing at church, and um, she would call me up on stage for me to harmonize with her, and that's where my dream began. I I wanted to sing like my grandmother sang, and I I looked up to her because she had this beautiful voice, and I started singing in the church with grandma, and that's what made me want to be a singer and pursue music.
0: Oh, that's great! So it was your grandmother's encouragement, and she pulled you up on the stage when you were a youngster already. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have any fear of getting up in front of people.
1: Um, you know, um, yeah, I guess not. It just singing was something that just came really natural to me, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I felt free. I felt like a different person on stage performing. Uh-huh. That's still the case, you know. It's like you become another person. So now, can I you, ask
0: something else there? I want to just back up for a sec to something you said. You said that your grandmother raised you. Do you mind me asking what happened with your parents?
1: Well, my parents split up when I was 10. And so I grew up in, in, with my mom and my grandmother. My mom was a single parent. And so mm-hmm. my mom sometimes worked two jobs. just to maintain maintain for me. And Grandma was a housekeeper, but Mm -hmm. she would always always be home when I got home from school. So that's why I say she technically raised me because Mom just worked a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I understand that. Being a single mom is no joke. Mm -hmm. That is no joke. It takes a high level of commitment, and your mom sounds like she did everything she could to hold it together for you. Wow, And
1: mom is a saint, and mom is currently, mom now currently takes care of grandma because grandma's been, you know, she's gotten a little frail with age. She had a stroke in 2004, and she just, she's never been the same. She lost her singing voice, and so my whole uh, journey on the voice was dedicated to my grandmother because I was so, um, I was so blessed that she, she's still here with us, and she was able to go to L.A., and she was there for my blind audition, and she was able to see the whole thing happen, and
0: It was just a magical moment. Wow. Well, speaking of magical moments, everybody, how about hearing just a little bit of Karina Iglesias' fabulous song, Only Love Can Save Us. How about that, Cliff? Can we have maybe a minute's worth? so much you. Mm, you have a beautiful voice and such a depth of feeling I was getting goosebumps or I like to call them truth bumps mm-hmm. only love can save us and isn't that the truth all right now everybody wants to join the conversation I gave you misinformation here's what you do if you want to call in live Take down this number. The number is 347 90, 7, 7, Let's do that again. 347-989-0776. 9, 9, 7, 7, okay. That is the number that you need to call. If you want to join the conversation live, okie dokie, and we want to hear from you three four seven nine. 9- 890776. Okay, and we move on. Right now, Karina, how did you feel when you sang that song? And by the way, who wrote the song?
1: I, I wrote it. I co-wrote it with uh, some other musician friends
0: of mine. Oh, wow. Good for you. It's gorgeous. The music is beautiful. The lyrics are beautiful. We so appreciate you sharing your artistry with us. And we have a question from someone who'd like to talk with you. Uh, We have a lady on the line named Karen, and Karen wants to respond to the song. Lovely. I actually just had a question about um, becoming an artist. Did you ever feel like, I don't know, the criticism or the feedback that you were getting from peers and teachers, how did that shape you as an artist or really... I don't know, how, how did that interfere with your ability to really be who you are when you perform?
1: Well, that's a great question, and, and, and thank you for calling in, Karen. I, I just do believe that if you remain authentic to who you really are, there is no wrong or, or, or right way of being an artist. It's, it's just being your authentic self, and I think that in this business, um, you have to develop tough skin not everybody's going to like what you do not everybody's going to like your voice not everybody's going to like your look so if you just focus on expressing yourself and what you're feeling then it doesn't matter what anybody else expects of you because you know your truth so a lot of you get a lot of no's but for every 3 no's you get one yes it's just the nature of the business it's it's up and down it's it's steady and then it isn't So you just have to be um, aligned with your purpose. And when you're aligned with your purpose, it just comes to you.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you,
0: Karen. And thank you, Karina. Great answer. Being aligned with your purpose. You know, when we created, we have a seminar program called Love, Money, and Seva. And Seva is the Sanskrit word for selfless service. And as an artist... I believe you're doing a tremendous service for all of us, Karina, because, you know, art can go straight into the heart. It can go where words and thoughts can't go. In fact, there was a famous philosopher named Rudolf Steiner who used to say art was the window to the soul. So mm-hmm. I know you touched a lot of souls with that song. Those who want to join the conversation... Go ahead and call us, 347 And thanks so much for your great question again, Karen. Now, Karina, I know that one of the things that's of great concern to you is bullying and that you've created an anti-bullying platform. Tell us how you came to do that. And then I'm going to jump back to that question about what was happening backstage with Adam Levine and Shakira. But let's talk about bullying. Then we're going to find out about backstage, and then we're going to have somebody fabulous join our conversation. Go right ahead, dear. We're going to mix it up a little bit.
1: Well, the the inspiration, uh, Only Love Can Save Us, that that song became my anti-bullying slash marriage equality anthem. I was very inspired and and very saddened by the events against the LGBT community in Russia, with the with the Winter Olympics uh, happening in Sochi, and I was very concerned that all the um, oppression going down there, and how the Russian government just feels it's okay to hurt and injure and dehumanize uh, gay people, and it just it, it really hit home because I. I I have nothing but love in my heart and love all around me and everybody uh, you know I'm surrounded by love and to think that somebody like me could go to Russia and potentially
0: be arrested because I love somebody it's just yes so and ridiculous. I have to just say this those of you who saw sixty minutes on Sunday night if you missed Bill Browder talking about the Russian government and how the Russian government murdered his lawyer, we're talking about not only oppression of gay people, we're talking about corruption at every level in every way. So what you're saying, Karina, is so important. It's so important. It's very, very important. So... This was your anti-bullying anthem. Now, I know that you found the love of your life and that you got married on a magical day. Tell us about it.
1: Yes, I was married on 11-11-11. Mm. And, uh, it, 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 and, and we actually we had gotten engaged on 10-10-10. So, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, so we decided when we got engaged on 10-10-10, we just said to ourselves, why don't we just get married on 11-11-11? It, ha- it was a Friday, so it was just mm-hmm. a perfect, magical night. We had a, um, a ceremony here for our friends and family, and we professed our love in front of our closest friends and family. And Reverend Kevin Ross uh, was lovely enough to come down and, and marry us, and, and it. It's a magical ride. Marriage is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Which minister
0: did you say came down and married you?
1: Reverend Kevin Ross. Oh, Kevin, of
0: course. I know Kevin Kevin very well. Lovely. You
1: used to be my life
0: coach. Oh, he's wonderful. He's going to be one of our guests very soon, so that's wonderful. Now, tell us, take a minute here and fill us in before we bring Sima Lieberman aboard. Tell us a little bit about what happened backstage with Adam Levine and Shakira. Well, I'm not quite
1: sure I know what instance you're referring to.
0: Now, I heard that started out on Adam Levine's team. And how did you end up on Shakira's team?
1: Well, you know, um, the very first thing that happens after your auditions and after the teams are formed is you go to a battle round. And in the the battle round, you battle somebody from your same team and you both sing the same song. And after that battle round, your coach picks the winner.
2: Mm. And
1: And if another coach doesn't steal you, that's the end of the road for you.
2: Ah.
1: And so he paired me up The, the, the cool thing about it is, is That he paired me up with Judith Hill
2: Judith mm-hmm. Hill
1: if you, if you don't know Judith Hill Judith Hill was Michael Jackson's backup singer
2: Mhm.
1: And so She was a hot commodity on the show Because okay oh my god She's like Michael Jackson's duet partner right And uh, mm-hmm. we were on the same team We ended up battling each other And Adam Levine Said that it was the best battle in the history of the show, which was a big moment for me. And um, he picked Judith, and then Shakira stole me, and then I was part of Shakira's team.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic. So that's how it went down. Thanks for sharing that, because we all want to know what happens backstage. Now, let me introduce <laughs> you, everyone, to Sima Lieberman, who is internationally known as the inclusionist. And I love that word, Inclusion. She is a diversity consultant, speaker, and coach. Her articles and advice have been featured widely in publications from the Wall Street Journal to the New York Times to Forbes.com. Among so many others, Sima is a co-author of two books, and she's a co-host on Swirl Radio. It's an LGBT-produced talk show that can be heard on AM radio in several cities across the U.S. and online. All right, Sima Lieberman, please join us. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Doing- good.
2: How are you, Sima? I'm sorry. I, I, her voice, I swear. I, she sounded like, she reminded me of the old Chantel's. Remember when they did the song, Maybe? She just reminded mm. me. What an amazing, amazing voice. Amazing. And the song is incredible. I love it. Wow. Thank now, I are
0: listening to Karina. Talk about getting married on 11-11-11. Tell me what that brought up for you, Simma, because as my grandma used to say, boy, we've come a mighty long way.
2: Well, I, for me, I'm a lot older than Karina, and I never thought that marriage would ever be legal. In fact, I had a partner who passed away 11 years ago. Mm, we sorry to hear years. that. We were together for 18 years, and we, when people would talk about marriage to us, we thought it was just people wanting to copy. We said, okay, it, just wants to, you know, it, it wasn't a big deal. We didn't know that we didn't know about the specific rights. We didn't know about all we thought was just like health care. So we thought, what's the big deal? It's just health care. If that's what they want to do, okay. It didn't matter to us. I mean if, if 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 it was legal we would have we would have done it just to do it, but we weren't aware of all the rights that you got. And so when she died it wasn't legal and I had no rights and neither did our son.
0: Oh, wow. That's awful. You had no rights when your partner of 18 years dies and your son. So what was it like for you? Because you are of the generation that struggled mightily with not having rights, with no legal protections, and you know, it reminds me of uh, what happened on the journey for people of color before the Civil Rights Movement. It was the same story. There was a time in this country when African-Americans weren't allowed to get married either, which is kind of why it boils my blood when I hear ministers and people in the faith-based community saying they don't want gay people to have rights. It's like, excuse me, do you know there's a time you can get married? But let me just leave that alone, Sema. Move on. I hear you. I'm with you. Right,
2: so, okay, so now we'll, So. The, so what was the question now?
0: What was it like for you back in the day to be an openly, openly lesbian woman <laughs> with a partner, and to deal with this issue where there were no rights? There was such hostility. I know that those times were very, very different.
2: Well, I have to, I have to laugh. What I'm not, and people who were like in the generation right before me, that's when it was illegal to be gay. Right. That's when it, Bars were weighted, all of that. So I was like in a transitional generation, but I'm laughing when you said open because I wasn't really that. I, for a long time, I was not that open. I wasn't mm. even that open to myself. I mean, you know, that. You, I mean, you know, it's like that when you're not recognized as a full human being, it takes <laughs> a, it's a, it takes a psychic toll on you. Yeah, and you start questioning. How if you're equal, you start questioning your self worth, and for a lot of LGBT people, that's what happened. And even though I've been in the diversity field for a long time, and when I started doing diversity work, I thought, you know, like free at last, finally, I can now that I finally I can now be open about who I am because hiding stuff is exhausting. I mean, you know, it's just exhausting, uh, and. I, I hear you. Two cultures, two cultures in one head. It was way, way too exhausting. But then there were a lot of people in the diversity field who didn't think that LGBT people had a place at the table. They did not get it. And even, and then I, 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 I mean, I was more, I got more and more open. But even in my groups, when I was teaching classes, I wouldn't really talk about it that much. And that it was really, and it was really hard. Because people would invite me to their weddings, and I wouldn't bring anybody. You know, they wanted to pick me up with all these people, with all these guys. But that's you know, that's not like what was happening for me.
0: Right. And right. It, it was so you felt life. like an outsider. And that experience of feeling like the outsider where there's no welcome mat for you and the whole idea of keeping a secret. You know, there's one thing about secrets, and I'm sure everybody has heard me say this and heard other people say it. We're only as (laughs) sick as our secrets. And the reason I say that is that any time we have to keep a secret, you know what it does to us? It makes us feel ashamed of who we are. Every secret engenders a feeling of shame. And when you go yes. through your life feeling ashamed of who you are, it's like dragging a ten thousand pound sack of boulders around with you. It slows down everything. Now, Sam, how did you <laughs> overcome that ten thousand pound sack of boulders to hold your ground and eventually find a way to be yourself?
2: Well, it was, it was gradual. I, there was a time when I used to hide gay books in my house. Like people would come in, because I said, if they see me with these books, they're going to know I better hide these books. But then I started going to street friends' houses, and they had the same books, and I said, well, you know, what's up? <laughs> they had the same books as me. I don't have to hide these books anymore. And then gradually... I just started telling people. But what's hard because people would want to come to my house. No, you can't come to my house. You know, and and when, you, when you have to hide something, it's exhausting. You can't do your best work. And when you work with somebody and you feel like they're hiding something, then you start getting suspicious of them. And, in fact, my partner worked for the road department when we first got, to, when we first got together. She worked for the road department in the Bay Area. And we used to like to go out to clubs. Well, there were some clubs that... That we'd like to go to listen to. Music. She wouldn't go because she was so afraid that somebody from her job would be at that club. Uh. And we would go. But then as I got older, I decided. As I got older, now as I started making more money, I didn't care as much. And uh, after I had, and after I had my son, because we have a son who's 19 now, I really started caring a whole lot less because. I'm not raising my son to keep a secret. That's just, you know, my son is going to know who he is and who we are, which he did at a very early
0: age. I mean, at a very early age. Now, let's tie that back. Speaking of your son, Karina, one of the reasons you started the anti-bullying campaign had to do with what's going on in Russia. And I'm wondering if that anti-bullying campaign is something that touches youth here in America as well, because youth who are questioning, lavender youth, youth who aren't sure yet, am I really gay, or those who do know they're gay or lesbian, who want to come out, those youth are at the highest risk still for depression and suicide. Because without help and support, we have seen for a long time an epidemic of suicide in this country and it's a terrible terrible issue so both of you would you respond how does the anti-bullying campaign impact youth today well i think that
2: in a couple of ways one it's making people aware and the fact that people could be more open and the fact that they pass same-sex marriage even if you're not in a relationship it really boosted the self-esteem of a lot of the lgbt people because now you can see we're we, You know, people could gossip about us, like gay celebrities. People are gossiping about them just like they gossip about anybody else. But I think that one thing that's really important, and I think Karina might be able to even speak more to this, think that we're in a post-sexual orientation era. We have to realize that in a lot of places, young LGBT kids are still being bullied, and there's more of an awareness So that we're more, you know, so more of us are saying, no, you can't do that. We're not going to let you get away with it. But there's other places where they don't even care if you're bullied or not. You can go to the school. They will do nothing. You can go to the principal. They will do nothing. They will just say, well, that's the breaks. You know, you shouldn't be a sinner or whatever it is that they're going to say. And most of the kids we have to worry about. Now, the good thing is that there's more of us. So now that we don't have to – now that in some of our states where people aren't struggling for gay marriage – Hopefully there's a lot of energy and resources left over and that they can start now really focusing on a lot of these young people. Excellent.
0: I love that answer. Karina, what are your thoughts? I would say
1: that the, the reason that this seems to be an, an epidemic now where kids are just offing themselves like flies, it's yeah. so
0: rampant. Horrible. I,
1: think, I think that it's, it's because of social media. I mean, when I was a teenager, there were no cell phones, there were no there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter. And now you post one mm-hmm. thing on the internet on Facebook and thousands and thousands of people can see it. And so we're we're so into the social media now that we're so disconnected. Yes, from and each so other. what
0: you're seeing is that students and because we've had a lot of this happen on college campuses and other places, young people who are still students Feel exposed if they're outed and usually outing is not done in a nice way. It's done in a very mean-spirited way. And those are the young people who are at risk. Those are the young people that we need to get our arms around. And how do you with your anti-bullying campaign, you've got a global campaign that reaches into, you know, the horrible, corrupt and backwards dehumanizing regime in Russia. We see it in other countries as well. But right here at home, right here at home, we know we still have homophobia. We Uh still have it. So, and those who want to join the conversation, hit us up on Facebook, tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade, or call the secret number. We just have a few minutes left with our two fabulous guests, Karina Iglesias and Seema Lieberman, And we're focusing on inclusivity. How is every human being included in our definition of good love and living from the truth, the truth which frees and uplifts all people is the deepest truth because it's a truth that allows us to open our hearts to love. That's what we're talking about. It's a challenge for a lot of us who grew up in a homophobic era or a homophobic home. And I have my own way of looking at this, so let me just say this. Whatever it is you're afraid of, anybody that you're afraid of, any group that you want to put down or marginalize, and I know people in our audience aren't those people, but just in case you know people who are, those people will most undoubtedly have an opportunity in this lifetime to have a family member who is going to be a member of whatever it is you oppose because what we resist comes right to us so that we can heal it. So give us your thoughts now for those youth who may be listening who need hope what would you say, Karina? And then, Santa, if you would also share, what what okay. can we say or do for young people to give them hope?
1: Well, um, I would say that um, they should know, in the core of their being, that they are loved. Someone in their close circle will accept them. Will be there for them to lend a hand. It, it might not be a family member, unfortunately. Uh, you wanted to be a family member. The now, who was there I... for
0: you that helped you, Karina, when you came well, out? Who helped you? Who ex- who gave that to you?
1: M- my mother. My mother. My mother has been my biggest supporting system since day one, and and I'm the only child. And um, I I came out to her when I was 16, and and I was deathly afraid. I I wrote her a letter and I gave it to her because I just couldn't face her to tell her, and. Um, you know, she 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 read it. She stayed silent for a couple of days, and I guess she digested it. And then she came to me and we talked. And she said, "You're my daughter, no matter what, and I'm gonna love you, no matter what." And 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 I was I've been very blessed that I wasn't shunned by my family. So I, I can't imagine what these kids go through when they're kicked out of their homes and they have nowhere to turn. But there's there's um. There's 1-800 numbers you can call, like suicide hotlines, you know. I'm sure there's some LGBT hotlines where kids can call and they can be anonymous and they can just vent and, and, and be helped before they decide to take a drastic measure.
0: Yes, and there are websites also. Definitely websites, and one of the things we'll do with Good Love Radio is make sure that when we put this show up so people can listen to it again, we will have some of those websites and those numbers available for you. We'll definitely do that and put them up. So Sima, what would you, and Karina, I loved your answer that you wrote your mom a letter and you had somebody there to support you. You had someone who said, I love you as my daughter. I love you as my child, because we do know, and I'm going to just mention the research on this, the number one thing that saves the life and strengthens the life of a young person who is questioning or coming out is to have the family accept. And when the family rejects, that's when we're most likely to lose A young person so you know for parents it takes courage it takes strength it takes you letting go of your ideas of what you thought or who you thought your child needed to be and to move into a place of unconditional love because good love is unconditional I love you for you not because I think you should be a certain way so that's a great lesson in your mother's capacity for unconditional love. What a blessing. And Sima, what would you say to a young person who is questioning or who is feeling scared or maybe even young people who feel so despondent and ashamed that they may be suicidal
2: and depressed? Well, well I, a few things. One is because I, I, mean, I know some of these kids, I see some of these kids who are um, come from these areas where they have nobody. It's, to let them know that for many of us we had a hard road to go and we were able to establish different kinds of families and that there are people out here you know they say oh it gets better well maybe it's not going to get sometimes it doesn't get better if you just stay where you are you need to be able to take some steps and 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 i really like what karina said about the about the numbers go online get some numbers start calling there are some great organizations for young LGBT people. I think that it's really important that you, it's really important that you have people that you can talk to. Uh, so, and some people have a teacher that that they could talk to. Some people have a teacher they can't talk to. But there are people out here who will help. And then the other thing I would say for us, I think it's important to start so working with young people and instilling them a sense of self-esteem, self-acceptance, love, and the right to be who they are. And unlike some other people, I really do believe in the importance, when possible, of learning self-defense. Because I think that it's really important if you're being bullied, if you have the physical knowledge to be able to defend yourself, because I've seen what happens to some of these kids. And they need to be able to learn how to go for themselves. But even more than that, people need to have other people. You have to create a different kind of family. And we're here. I mean, we are here. Because I can say one thing, too, that a lot of people in my generation, we came out when drugs and alcohol was the answer. Mm, a that's us, right. I've seen A lot of people. I've seen a lot of people die. You know, I've got 29 years of being clean and sober. Because when I came out... That was what. That's that's just what you did, but you don't have to do it. And I think the thing Right, and is it was a way of that numbing that the pain at alone. that time.
0: Yeah, and what you're saying yeah. is, at that time, the pain was so right. severe that the drugs and alcohol, remember that's anesthesia, that's right. everybody, you take it when you're hurting, that that was the only way to deal. And in, and rather than stuffing the pain inside or numbing out the pain, what you're saying is, hey, get support, reach yeah. out, people are here, find those people, find those places, yeah. find those services Find those friends or family members who may be more open-minded and open-hearted. And I want to say something. Most of the parents and families I've worked with over the years as I've been teaching classes and working in private practice and, God knows, doing a lot of media around the world, I have found that most of those parents who are afraid now underscore that word, afraid of their child coming out, those parents are afraid of losing face or losing something else. And let me just touch base there. Cliff, anybody calling in or hitting us up on Facebook or Twitter who wants to join the conversation, we want to give our audience a chance. If there is a question or if there's somebody listening who's hurting, we want to hear from you. Because good love is about us talking about things that are difficult to talk about, everybody. We are all about loving you wherever you are. And if you're stuck in an old paradigm, that's okay. We love you anyway. What have you got, Cliff? I think people are just very intrigued. With the conversation, okay, that's all right. We want to keep talking. So I have another question for you, Karina. When you were on The Voice, did you talk openly about being a gay woman with a wife?
1: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I, applauded, I applauded the show because when we did the battle round, um, there was a moment where they, the camera panned over to show my family. And they they put in the bottom Karina's wife, mother, and grandmother.
2: Uh. And, I, and
1: I was so, I mean, I was so amazed that they actually went there. Usually they'll say partner or they won't say wife. Mm.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And the, um, the creator of the voice, he is a very well-known Christian man. And uh, the fact that you know, he was okay with, with them just putting that little thing on there, that, that wife, just the word wife there was just, just something that I just wasn't expecting, and, and um, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was completely open um, to... Open, well, I have to open. say
0: something, if you don't mind me saying it, I feel very badly that you actually had to say a minute ago, he's a well-known Christian man, Mm -hmm. but the show was open. It's a shame that Christianity has become synonymous with being homophobic, because I know for a fact that there are a lot of people out there who are raised as, my granny used to say, good Christian men and women who aren't homophobic, but then there are people who are, and they're people of every background and every culture, who are homophobic, but it is just a shame that there is a vocal segment of the Christian community that really makes it their business to be oppressive, and they don't recognize that They're part of, Martin Luther King Jr. used to say, you're part of the solution, or you are part of the problem. So that just made me feel bad. You know that we have to think of Christians as repressive. Go ahead, dear.
2: I would just like to just like to add that, and this is for, for all these young people that are alone, and that when you hear like your religion saying these horrible things about you, that there are churches of almost every denomination. There's synagogues. There's groups of Mormons now who are very LGBT loving. And don't just think that it's just because just one church just hates you. or is, Then that it's that is ignorant. You know, just because of one ignorant church, is, there's all these other churches that are so accepting and so loving.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I you have to say, I, I talk about my grandmother. I'm talking about my, my mother's mother from New Orleans. And my, my grandmother had a Bible, and it was called the Red Letter Bible. And all the red letters in the New Testament were the teachings of the teacher, Jesus. You know that Palestinian Jewish rabbi? Jesus. Those were his teachings. And my grandmother would only read us those sections. You know why? Because he was teaching love. Love, love, love. I sound like one of the Beatles, don't I? Love, love, love. So it's very important, you know, to examine if you can get yourself if you are a christian and you're questioning you know how is it i'm a christian and i'm part of a group that's teaching and preaching hatred or oppression toward anybody reread those red letter versions everybody because it's just the opposite now karina what's next for you and then seema we want to hear what's next for you we just have a few minutes left
1: well, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to embark on another project. I'm trying to finish an album. and I'm
0: Now, will you let to... me coach you for a minute, because you know this is what I do. I'm going to invite you to take that T-R-Y word right out of your vocabulary <laughs> and say, I <laughs> am embarking on my next fabulous album.
1: Well, let's make that affirmation right now. I am
0: <laughs>
1: working on my on my next project as we speak
2: yay
0: <laughs> good for you and what's the project going to be can you give us a little taste
1: well it's going to be more of, of the same uh kind of music a, a music music with a message you know I'm, I'm blessed to be part of a i'm blessed to have to be able to do what i love for a living and it's not just about singing for me it's, it's making people happy, bringing people joy, getting people over something, um, ministering with, with, with music. And Fantastic. So it's about the message and the
0: music. Beautiful. Can I ask you a quick question? Are you working with any other artists in Russia who are banding together to take a stand against all the homophobic attacks and things that are going on there?
1: Um. Currently, no, I I have not, and that's a great idea. I actually didn't even think about something like that, but that's definitely something that is worth looking into.
0: All right, well, let's stay connected on that, because I know there are other artists who are concerned, and I want to be part of the solution. That's how I know I can Step out of being part of the problem because doing nothing makes us part
2: of the problem. And Sima, what's next for you, dear? Well, I just got done. I just wrote a booklet called 110 Ways to Champion Diversity and Create Inclusion, and I'll be selling that in a couple of days. I And where do we pick that me- up? Oh, go to my we- it's going to be on my website, Sima Okay, everybody, that website
0: com. is dot. SEMA, that's S I M M A Lieberman, L I E B E R M, SEMALIberman And that's where we can get that fabulous new brochure?
2: It's, yeah, well it's a book it's a booklet. It's, it's I'll be selling it on my site and you can get information. And I'm doing a lot more speaking around the country and looking forward to doing a lot of international work this year. All right. Sounds like you and
0: Karina may be teaming
2: up and going to Russia. I love it.
0: They need you. I love it. They need you. They need you. They need you. All right. Karina, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you mind humming a few bars of something new that you're working on? Would you do a little cappella for us? <laughs>
1: Um, sure. Actually, um, I don't have anything, anything new that I'm, that I'm ready to divulge. You know, artists are very critical. We don't want to divulge
0: anything. I understand. (laughs) We signed um, all the non-disclosure agreements. Go right ahead. Just something that you (laughs) want to just leave us with, dear. Your voice is so beautiful and I'm just being greedy and selfish.
1: (laughs) So here, here's a little piece of something that, that I have to sing on Sunday, um, Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a soul like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind
0: Just send that out that we all see with eyes of love. I want to thank you, Karina, for gracing us with your artistry, with your courage, with your open heart. Blessings to you and your wife. What's her name? My wife's name is Jackie. Okay, to you and Jackie, many many happy healthy years together. To you, Sima Lieberman, thank you so much, and everybody. Hit SEMA up at SimaLieberman.com. Pick up, was it 110 ways, SEMA? Yeah, yeah. And they can also email me, Sima at
2: sima@liberman.com. All right, so that's 110 ways. Give us that title again. 110 ways to champion diversity and build inclusion. Champion
0: diversity
2: and build
0: inclusion. So everybody's included in the human family. And that is a wonderful, wonderful way to practice good love where we need it most. We need it wherever healing is needed. Because the greatest healing on this planet comes from love, everybody. So... Practice loving where it's most challenging for you. If it's a challenge to love yourself, look in that mirror and give yourself more love. If it's a challenge to love somebody who's different from you in some way, whether it's somebody who's the same-gender loving person or somebody who looks different on the outside because of their ethnicity, their color, their race or religion, love. Practice love because the more you practice anything – the better you get at it. And I want you to be really good at good love. All right, I want to thank Cliff. Dunning, who is hosting and picking up phone calls and your messages. You guys were a little bit quiet, but thank you, Karen, for sharing earlier. And I want to thank our brilliant producer, LeGrand Green, who produced a great show for us. Thank you, LeGrand Green. And all of our Good Love community, wherever you may be right now around the world, we love you. And just breathe in. Everybody together. Here we go. Ah, <sighs> and we're breathing wow. out good love and sending it out everywhere because you know intention. Intention. Intention is powerful. And our intention is that everybody gets to enjoy good love. All right, that's it. We're going to call it a wrap tonight, everyone. Good night, Karina. Good night, Sena. And
2: off we go. Keep Thank loving you. everybody. Bye. Good night.